Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Amazing Race Rewind podcast, the podcast where we rewind back in time to watch the earliest seasons of the Amazing Race for the first time. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jill. And we're here to talk about what I think is the most entertaining and exciting episode so far, season one, episode nine, The Unexpected Twist. Oh, easily. Easily the most entertaining. Yeah, I would say this is The Amazing Race's first, like, great TV moment. It lived up to the name. I, you know, we we talked last week about what the the unexpected twist would be. And uh, we won't spoil anything. I think we should save that to the end. But they they had us there. They had us there for a second, you know. Yeah, no, every time I thought I knew it was going to happen, I didn't know. Something happened and then it switched. And then I I thought I was like, okay, now I know what's going to happen. And then I didn't. So, yeah, this episode, it just it just really thrashed us every which way. And I was it was extremely exciting. It had it all. It had an extremely exciting fast forward. Um, the detour was comparatively exciting, I would say. Still not like super great overall to modern standards, but it was still good. The contestants were in danger at one at one point with with the roadblock. That I I think we need to discuss in length because I have some thoughts. Yeah, that well that that's uh good to look forward to in this episode, and then also a great ending. The last about I don't know eight to ten minutes of this episode was just pure gold. And I think the the editing was really good with it as well. Oh, absolutely. I was on the edge of my seat. Yes. Yeah, it, it was great. Do you have anything else to add before we start off here? I don't know. I think we just get into it. Okay. There's a lot to cover. Yeah. So right at the beginning of the episode, they really set it up um, where they're saying, like, will it be Nancy and Emily or will it be Team Guido? Or will one of the other teams make like a, a fatal error? They're letting us know that something, something big is going to happen this episode. So Kevin and Drew start off at 4.50 p.m. in India, and they have to go to Bangkok. Which I will remark is um, actually quite a good time to leave. I think a lot of the time, or at least in the past couple episodes, they always are starting around 5 in the morning or because, you know, they're getting yeah. in in the evening. So their start times are midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. It was kind of nice to see a team take off at a reasonable time in the afternoon. Yeah, and I mean, everybody was kind of in like the afternoon or like evening and yet they have to take a 10 hour ride to the airport and don't get to the airport until the next morning so yeah they could either take a bus or a train which the bus is quicker in this case and then also something that i thought was curious was that the the last episode they were saying how the first three teams were about six hours ahead of nancy and emily and team guido but like looking at their starting times they only started about three hours after three or four yeah yeah so did they just complete the roadblocks significantly faster and get to the pit stop a lot faster because they must have yeah their their trains were six hours apart they must have i guess we're not accounting for the fact of how long it took the three teams ahead to do the tasks and how long how quickly the other teams uh, did them so it probably evened out yeah well yeah and i guess the, the, the first three teams had the safety net of knowing that the other teams were six hours behind so the other uh the other thing i want to mention right off the bat here is um they talk about how there's only two teams left that are allowed to use the fast forward and that is team guido um bill and joe and nancy and emily who are conveniently the two teams at the back of the pack now knowing that these two teams have to wait much longer kevin and drew have a moment where they talk about how you know close they are with nancy and emily and how much they value them and as kevin and drew are setting off one of them goes to hug nancy and then whispers in her ear the location of the fast forward which Obviously, yes, it's not doing much because you yeah. can't go do anything. But I was also thinking, is that allowed? Yeah, I was also kind of thinking that. But I think back to 
oh, I don't know which episode, episode three, maybe, where there is the conflict with Robin Brennan and Frank and Margarita, where they were like asking them to tell them where to go before they open their thing. Um, and they ended up not doing it. So I think it's allowed, but I don't know if it's allowed nowadays because I feel like the, they'd be much stricter about that now. Yeah, that could be considered cheating to some. Although yeah, it, it doesn't really help Nancy and Emily too much here. No. And then, yeah, just on the, the discussion about the fast forward. Yeah, so we see Nancy and Emily and Team Guido both decide that they need to go for the fast forward since, yeah, they are the only ones who are left who can do that. And they realize that if one of them uh, don't go for it, then the other team would go for it. And then whichever team didn't go for it would be like very far behind the other teams that would most likely get eliminated. So we have a really high stakes fast forward here going into this leg. Whole episode was it was it was well done. I know we said that, but it was very high stakes all throughout. Yeah. And Emily makes a comment there as they're kind of explaining this about how she knows that Team Guido will play dirty, so she's ready to play mm-hmm. dirty. Yeah. And I don't did we really see her play dirty? I don't really think she did much in that regard. I just don't think there would be opportunities for it. Yeah. I mean, I like the sentiment though. <laughs> Um, so yes, on the way to the airport, there's a funny scene where Kevin and Drew are, are at the train station and they're trying to ask the people at the, the worker at the train station, what time the train leaves, but nobody there speaks English. So they find somebody to like translate and the, the local that they find just asks them in English and they're like, okay. Right. And there's this, this funny moment where they turn to yeah, the they're... smile. They're like, really? They're trying to talk to the guy in the ticket booth. And then they turn around and kind of shout to the crowd, does anyone speak English? And this guy walks up there like, can yeah. you tell him when to ask, or can you ask him when the train is leaving? And the guy literally just walks up to the booth and asks, when is the train leaving in, in English? Yeah, yeah, it was a great moment. <laughs> so Kevin and Drew and Nancy and Emily, and then also Team Guido take the bus. And then Frank and Margarita and Robin Brennan take the train, which the bus seems to be significantly quicker since it was shown that Nancy and Emily arrived at pretty much the same time as Frank and Margarita, although Frank and Mar- Margarita started three hours ahead of them. They were all, um, this is where I got confused, because they all get to the airport, yeah, re- around relatively the same time. And are they all on the same flight to Bangkok, Thailand? No, no, they, they're they all on different flights, it seems, except for Robin that Brennan to me and wasn't Emily. clear enough. Yeah, so I, th- I think when they got to the airport, everybody just kind of went their own ways and booked all separate flights. Yeah. So yeah, Drew and Kevin, they get on the, on the first plane, the earliest plane at 8.30 a.m. And this is where we hear, this is the first time that that we heard, or that I think I, that I, what I remember, hearing Drew say something nice about Kevin and vice versa, because usually they're just all snappy about it. But here, Drew says that Kevin is absolutely amazing when it comes to booking flights and says that he's a genius. So that was kind of out of character for them. It must have really gotten them on a good flight or gotten a good deal <laughs> yeah. or and then also notably, Team Guido takes a plane at 9 a.m., which puts them about four hours ahead of uh, Robin Brennan and Nancy and Emily who are leaving at 2 p.m. So they made up a lot of ground here with their their flight booking skills. I think that's why I got confused, because although they're all on different flights, the places they need to get to in Thailand when they arrive are all closed. So it kind of bottlenecks them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the thing. And it, yeah, it all kind of shows them arriving at the same time, so... It didn't really make a difference. Yeah. So upon arrival at Bangkok, they have to go to the Temple of the Dawn, which doesn't open till 7 a.m., like you said. So everybody's just kind of waiting it out. And then meanwhile, Nancy and Emily and Team Guido make their way over to the location of the fast forward. 
which is at a temple. Yeah, which is also restricted hours. Yeah. So we get all five teams sleeping on the street, basically, in front of the locations waiting for them to open. Did you Have you noticed that there's a lot of teams drinking Coke, Coca-Cola in this season? I'm wondering if there's a sponsor. No. Because Emily has seen, she's holding a, a two-liter bottle of Coke when they're waiting outside the fast forward. And then also, I, re- I remember, we also see Rob drinking a two-liter bottle of Coke on a train in India a couple episodes ago. And then also, <laughs> I remember in Tunisia, um, when they were at the Coliseum, teams were also drinking Coke afterwards. So something to consider. Maybe it could have been a possible sponsorship. I googled it, but I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't noticed that, actually. I mean, I have don't. I can't remember if I've ever actually had Coke um, what? or Pepsi. I don't really like Coca-Cola or Pepsi. I'm, I've had Pepsi, and I don't like it. And I might have had Coke once, and I didn't like it. You've only ever had it once? Yeah. I think it was this year, actually. I had a sip, and I thought that was disgusting. You only had it for the first time this year. That is insane. How do you go through your life without trying Coca-Cola? It was never appealing. I had, like, you know, my grandparents drink Pepsi, so I had Pepsi as a kid, and I never liked it. So I, I just remember thinking, if I don't like Pepsi, why would I go and buy a Coke? I'm not going to like that either. I mean, fair enough. So anyway, I think we should talk about the fast forward. Okay. Which, this is the first time that there was a real risk in taking the fast forward. Where, yeah, both teams will go for the fast forward. Whoever doesn't get the fast forward will be significantly behind the, the teams who just go directly to the detour. Um, and I the, the temple that they had to go to where they got the clue describing the detour opened a lot earlier than, I don't know exactly how much earlier, but I think it opened earlier than the, the fast forward task did. So yeah, the night before, Nancy and Emily do actually con- contemplate ditching the fast forward and then and just joining everybody else, which in hindsight was probably the better decision, but that's hindsight. So who who knows? Yes and no, though. Yes and no, but we will get to that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you want to describe the fast forward task here? Yes. So um, they are at, what is it? The Temple of the Reclining Buddha? Yes. And they have to essentially play a game, which is popular it's popular amongst the monks there correct yeah so they described it as a game but i don't know if it was actually a game in the local letter i think it's more of just like a a tradition they do yeah placing coins into urns because essentially there are 108 urns yeah and it is i guess the tradition that if you put one coin into each urn all 108 you receive good luck Um, But they kind of made it into a game for the contestants where there was a bunch of dishes with coins in them, not 108 in each. There was some had more than that, some had less. And the teams had to go through and place one coin in each. And if they had more than 108, they had to start again. And if they had less than 108, they had to pick a new dish and start again. So it was very intense because it was Team Guido and Nancy and Emily. And they're just throwing coins in, running back, Mm -hmm. grabbing a new dish, throwing coins in. Nope, that one has too few. It was it was a good it was a good task. I I actually think to me it reminded me the most of the tasks we tend to see nowadays more. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I think I think as well this is the closest thing we've had to to a more modern task. Yeah. I think a lot of the the excitement came from that it was it was luck based. Absolutely. I was there was one shot that just cracked me up because it was Nancy and Emily and they realized that they have two little coins. And the cameraman just does this tracking shot because Nancy just sprints down the hallway back to get another dish of coins. And the cameraman just tracks her. It was very cinematic. It was quite funny. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I think 
one of the reasons why it was such a great fast forward was because of the stakes. Like if there was only one team who went here, it would just been like, hey, whatever. They just they would just go until they got it. But because again, the, the team who doesn't get it is likely to be eliminated, which is ironic in hindsight. But <laughs> I think the producers actually got quite lucky with this being the fast forward that has the highest stakes. Because if I think back to another fast forward, like the one that Kevin and Drew did in France, which was simply go into a tea shop and then collect the fast forward from the person working there. That would not have been nearly yeah. exciting as this running back and forth. And it, it's and for really all we know, fun. with the, the tea shop one back in Paris, another team might have gone for it. They might have actually checked it out. But how about seeing Kevin and Drew sleeping there already yeah. just would have been decided not to. They would have just given up. That's so true. It, this was a good one to have two people go for. Yeah. Yeah. And like the part of the fun of this task was that you don't know when somebody is going to get it because you're just sitting there and watching and waiting for somebody to get it. You have no gauge of where the other person's at because it's so yeah. chance-based. It was really nerve-wracking, but I, I was really into it. But in the end, after all this running back and forth, the Guidos are the ones who do eventually get it. And I'm thinking back in 2001, everybody was probably cursing at their TVs here because we had the big bad villains with Team Guido going against the the innocent, rootable underdogs, which are Nancy and Emily. Even I think before they even start the task, Nancy's or sorry, Emily just says something about how they just always have luck. Yeah. And they do. They are so lucky in this race. Yeah, they really are. And then Nancy at the end absolutely kills me. So they lose the challenge and they're all defeated and they're like, oh, well, I guess we got to go to the the other temple to do the detour. They're about to leave. And then Nancy just goes, no, you know what? Let's congratulate them. Yeah, let's go. Let's congratulate them. So they mosey on over and are all sportsmanlike and and congratulate team guido i you know what kudos to her that is good amazing nice <laughs> wholesome spirit you got to be nice in the, in the end you got to be fair very in character for them and then team guido was trying to help them and tell them what to do and they're like encouraging them saying oh you're not out yet like you can still do this you're not out and then nancy just replies with we are but that's okay <laughs> and then also i really enjoyed the music that started playing after they lost so the fast forward it was, it was quite sad it, it was very dr- dramatic Oh, yes. If, yeah, absolutely. So while this is going on, we now go to the detour where the other two or other three teams and eventually Nancy and Emily will be headed. Yes. So the detour of this leg is public or private. And it's at the Temple of Dawn, the Temple of the Dawn. Yes. Around there, which is this detour is a little bit more interesting than the ones we've seen in the past, where you have the choice to either search for a private car somewhere on the street within the neighborhood or... Uh, you could just take the bus. So yeah, there's the risk. If you go for the private car, you could spend a lot or waste a lot of time looking for it. And the only indication you have uh, to find this car is the license plate. So you are you essentially have to scour a couple blocks of the city checking for a license plate. And you don't, the nice thing is it's a free private car, but most, is anyone, no, Rob and Brennan are successful, but is anybody else successful? I think it was Frank and Margarita, actually. Rob and Brennan took the yeah. bus. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, so what would your thought process be on this on this task if you were in the race? I think it's so dependent on where you're at in the race. Um, if I felt comfortable, I, I honestly think we could do it. Like, if it was you and me, I, I feel like we'd be able to do it. See, I would think to just take the bus. Because the dilemma is, is like, once you start looking for the car and you spend a decent amount of time looking for it, you don't want to waste any more time by giving up because you've already spent the time looking for it so you're kind of in a way forced to keep looking for it which will probably in the end take longer than if you had just 
taking the bus. I think if if you're in a comfortable position, you put a time limit on it, say, okay, we're yeah. going to look for half an hour and then if nothing, we're going. Yeah. Because I think that, I mean, as you see with the teams, if you spend any longer and you just keep convincing yourself that if you look for another five minutes, you'll find mm-hmm. it, you just get frustrated. Which happens to both Kevin and Drew and Nancy and Emily, um, who spend about two hours each yeah. wandering around looking for it. Which I don't know how that happened because they showed the map and the neighborhood or like the area that they were searching seemed to be only like a few blocks. There was a funny moment in there too. Kevin and Drew were arguing. And I guess on the map, um, one side is labeled as the West Gate. And they're just yelling at each other. And one goes, how do you know it's the West Gate? And the other goes, because it's West. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. But they were obviously getting to their their wits end at that point. But yeah, I guess maybe the streets weren't labeled or so like they didn't know if they were leaving the neighborhood. I'm not sure what what the issue really was here. You'd think they just ask people, though, hey, where is this intersection? Is this, you know, try and figure out the boundaries of the neighborhood. Right. So Nancy and Emily, their thought process behind this is we're just going to choose to look for the car because at this point in their mind, they're out of the race. They really have nothing to lose. So they might as well take the risk to try and get back in the race. But this just results in them losing their mind in the streets of Bangkok. They're yeah. looking for two hours. And I was reading in an interview um, and saying that part of their decision to ultimately take a taxi and not complete the detour was that they they hadn't, hadn't slept in 48 hours at this point. They had just been been going off no sleep. Wow. I mean, I know at the end of the race, they talk, you know, to take the taxi and not do either the options of the detour obviously results in a penalty. Right. Um, and at the end of the episode, they're kind of explaining it, I think, trying to avoid being seen as though they were cheating. But I, I don't think anyone thought they were cheating. I think it's pretty obvious that like, if a team chooses to do that, you know, it's not that they're doing it to put another team down or out. Like, they're just, they're done. Yeah, I think that's like a, a product of it being like so early in reality TV history where they're very concerned about like the public viewing them as cheating or like where being slightly immoral is seen as being so much more wrong than it is nowadays or trying to take shortcuts would be seen as more normal nowadays than it was back in the day where like integrity was such a, a huge part of the race. Yeah. So yeah, they they eventually they give up and hire a cab, which as you said, does result in a penalty. And at this point, I was thinking it, it'll it take a miracle for them to remain in the race because <laughs> they'll get a penalty on top of the two hours that they spent looking for this on top of them wasting their, well, not wasting, but I guess it was a waste of them going uh, to the fast forward as well. But they're headed down to, well, the, them and the other three teams that did not get the fast forward are all headed down south. Um, and the Guidos actually do have to go south as well. To where the pit stop is but they what is it they're waiting for a train that doesn't leave for a significant amount of time yeah so team guido have to figure out how to get to Krabi, which is where the pit stop is and they end up waiting for eight hours to take an evening bus um, to Krabi where the pit stop is which is 500 miles away so it's a very long bus ride on top of the eight hours that they're waiting and i'm thinking is there really no other option is your only option to wait for eight hours because from what we were shown they they just kind of asked like oh can we take a taxi and they were like no and then they're like okay okay we'll just wait i would have been looking at a map is there a bus to somewhere else is there any like a train any and other sort of transportation because eight an eight hour wait on top of that long of a train ride or bus ride is a long time yeah it, it really is and they just assume that that everyone else will take a long time to finish the leg 
which I think is, I mean, we'll get to this a little later, but in, I would actually call it a, pl- a production planning error because I think the fast forward should be structured to give the team an advantage yeah. despite anything. Um, but we'll get to that a little later. So they're waiting around for their bus to Krabi. And well, the other four teams... Sorry, they're, sorry? they're so calm while they're, they're waiting for it too. I don't know how they're not being anxious waiting for eight hours while the other teams are continuing with the race. Like, I don't know. But that's what I mean. They're probably assuming, oh, well, you know, this must be planned out so that the other teams must take mm-hmm. a very long time and we're still put at an advantage. That is true. Yeah. And I guess at this time as well, every team who took the fast forward was like automatically in first place. So there was no precedent to to them having to like to them not being in first. Yeah. After taking the fast forward. So like you can you can understand their thought process there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so they're waiting around in there's they're in Bangkok, right? So they're just waiting around yes. in Bangkok. And the other four teams are going to what is the name of the, it's it's a a pit of some sort. Like the tiger pit? I think yeah. yeah, I don't know what the name I can't remember what the name of it is. This task is insane. But yes, they're going to the roadblock. And just a little update, we have Frank and Margarita in the lead. Uh, Robin Brennan are in second, Kevin and Drew are in third. Nancy and Emily are still at the detour, presumably. And then, yeah, Team Guido is just sitting there. So the roadblock, the prompt is, the one who does this should be a cat lover. And the task is they have to walk in a tiger pit. Now, mind you, the, the tigers are chained up, but they can the tigers can still reach you. The tigers are chained up and they were raised by monks. So they are used to humans, but they can walk around you and come up to you and sniff you and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the task is they pretty much just have to walk through and then get to the end and then get the clue and then walk back. It's more of like a a fear factor-esque challenge, I suppose. Honestly, I don't think it was a safe task to put in the race because... I feel like if the cats really wanted to, they could break free from the chains. I know they they grew up around people, but they they even say that they don't like strangers. They don't like people that they don't recognize. No. Yeah, my first thought was, this is so dangerous. Like, how are they doing this? And I mean, I guess you could say, like, they, they dressed up as monks, so the tigers would be more familiar with them. But if somebody, if one of the contestants, like, freaks out or, like, panics, and then something could go south really, really fast. But you would have and to... it doesn't look like there's a lot of security or anything there that would be able to deal with that. I don't know. To me, I think it's way too dangerous of a task to put in. And I haven't seen anything really like that since. I don't think the danger stuff is often like heights or whatever, like planes or skyscrapers, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's not something that's legitimately dangerous. But I would have to think they would have people like stationed with guns or something if something went south. You would think, like, just to guarantee, because, I mean, if something happened, I mean, A, the show would be liable, right. but you've got Americans on foreign soil in an, an attraction, and if something goes bad, you know, there's going to be issues. Well, when they were describing the detour, I was like, oh my god, is the unexpected twist is that somebody gets hurt and then has to leave the race because of that? Because that would not it's be It's mauled fun. by a tiger. Yeah, that's the, the unexpected twist of the race. But also when they're describing this roadblock, they're like showing this footage of tigers lunging at the camera and like swatting at the camera, which how are they getting this footage? Because they would have to provoke the the tiger in order to get that, which seems really stupid. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the tigers had GoPros on their collars <laughs> okay, by the looks yeah. of it, but I don't know. I I don't think it was a safe task. I'm no. surprised that everyone who did it was so calm. 
I, but... think, I think Emily was the most freaked out by it. She seemed to, but she, she still did it anyway. I think, I think also it's, if you're told that you need to keep calm, otherwise these giant cats might attack yeah. you. I think you just, even if you're absolutely terrified, you just keep calm. Yeah, the, the strategy is just to walk forward, avoid all eye contact, and just, just keep trucking along. So no one struggled with it immensely, but yeah. I don't know. I was terrified the whole time. Yeah, so Frank Frank is the first one to do it. And there's this scary moment, but also kind of cute, where the tiger approaches him and starts following him, and then just kind of playfully swats at his feet, which is cat house behavior, or house, house cat behavior, <laughs> rather. Cat house behavior. Cat house <laughs> behavior, yeah. But also... Uh, Whoever it is, Kevin or Drew goes through the the pit and comes out and he's showing off on his finger in between his index and his thumb. <laughs> there's just a little bit of blood that was drawn. Yeah. And he's he's going off about, you know, see, this is a, the task of a real man. He's like, I've I've walked with tigers. I've fought tigers. And then the other one's going, oh, my God, like, I'm going to hear about this for the rest of my life. Because yeah. the other one is the one who did the mouse, the rat, right, the yeah. rat task. And he's like, yeah, you you just walked with rats. I walked with tigers. I did a, a real manly thing. Yeah. And you yeah. just know that he is going to be hearing about that for the rest of his life. No, it's it's great. And then another another Kevin and Drew moment is when Drew is going. He's like, I have to choose my route wisely. And then Kevin replies with, if you have to do anything wisely, we're going to be in big trouble. <laughs> he responds so quickly, too. They're so quick-witted, which I think makes them so funny. They really are. There's also this really funny moment where whoever's in the pit is like motioning up to the other one up on top and they're having this whole conversation purely through like the biggest hand gestures you've ever seen and like the most intense facial expressions but not a word and personally i don't know how they actually understood anything yeah i was like what are you doing like what why do you need to be communicating just go back up and then that's (laughs) it (laughs) it was funny um the tigers they were quite tame but something could have gone seriously wrong and like things happen with captive animals where they they just have an outburst and it's not unheard of for no for them to turn dangerous really fast. So this was a questionable task. Yeah, and I something that I don't think we would see or if we were to see it it would be something a lot more controlled and safe. Yeah. But made made for exciting TV. It definitely did. And now after this, I mean the Guidos are still in Bangkok and the teams now all four of them or, I mean, they're quite spread out, but now they just head to the pit stop. Yes. On the, the journey to the pit stop, yeah, Robin Brennan uh, hire a professional driver to take them to the pit stop. So they decide to pay for the taxi. And then Frank and Margarita, at first, they say they're going to they're gonna take a train, but then ultimately decide to take a taxi because that's what they, they think everybody else is going to do. And yeah, Joe and Bill, I think, I think one of the reasons why they didn't take a taxi, because if you remember from last leg, they were short on money. So where they couldn't, take the taxi just within um delhi they had to take the bus not within delhi where were they agra right uh, they had to take the bus so they're already short on money so maybe th- i don't think they could have afforded it May- maybe money did play a factor in this as well although they didn't they didn't say that is it robert brennan here that talks about paying the premium in order to get the lead yes yeah then they do mention that like we know this is an elimination leg so we have to make sure that we get there in a timely manner so yes, while all the teams are doing this, we go to Team Guido, who are waiting for their bus to arrive. They're they're eight hours, and they're they're really they're setting themselves up here for a huge downfall. Talking about how much time they have, they're very chill. Yeah, and how relaxed they are. Their spirits are high. They say they're. I think they say they're going to win at one point. And at this point, I'm thinking they're out, and this elimination is going to be an insane. 
I didn't think they were going to be out, but I didn't know. I didn't know where they were in regards to Nancy and Emily, who I knew would have a penalty. I didn't know how long their penalty would be. So it was, yeah, definitely tense. Like you said, the last 10 minutes of the episode was just all tension. It was a roller coaster. So at the pit stop, unless you have anything else before we, we go to the pit stop here. Not really, honestly. The first three teams kind of check in without, well, I say without any issue, but the big glaring factor is the fact that the team who won the fast forward isn't there. They're they're not in first. And the viewers at home must have been smiling huge because the Guidos, you would think, would be in first place. But when they're not there and you see they've been just sitting ducks for eight hours and they're taking a bus. Meanwhile, everybody else is taking a taxi, which is significantly quicker. You would have to think that they're out. And just by the way, this pit stop is very cool. It's like a, a cave temple type situation. It is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, the first three teams arrive. And then here come Nancy and Emily. They arrive to the pit stop. They're, they get on the mat. And then when they sit down on the mat, it fades to black. And we transition to the Guidos getting off their bus. In, Still quite confident. They're very confident. And they're thinking they're in, they're in first place. This this would be the, the first huge blindside, I think, in The Amazing Race. Because up to this point, we haven't had anybody who thought they weren't going to be eliminated. Because I think everybody knew that they were eliminated. Yeah, it's the first real trip up. Yeah. the yeah When the Guidos get off their bus, it's the morning, it's daylight. Meanwhile, when everybody else checked in, it was nighttime. Everyone else has actually kind of been asleep at the temple. Yes. So I was thinking, and actually, I when I first watched it, I forgot that Nancy and Emily had their penalties. So I just thought they were out until they did the the fading things. And I was like, oh, this is this is going to be interesting. So when the Guidos arrive, they they go and they, they sit and they kneel with one of the Buddhist monks and he gives, I don't know if it's some sort of welcoming or blessing, but then it's kind of an odd moment. They're invited to sit around this table with Phil and Nancy and Emily. Yeah. It's like, it's, let's, it's, all, let's all have a family meeting. That's really what it felt like. And the yeah. Guidos at this point, I think one of them says he thought it was going to be one of the worst moments of his life because he realized that they had been eliminated. Yeah. Well, and when they're when they're coming in, they say that they see there's a lot of shoes outside the temple, but it's still like hadn't sunk into them because it was just so like inconceivable to them that they would be in last. And it was watching this. It was like watching them be so confident and they're walking in and everything. It's like it's like watching a car crash where you can't look away. But it's like it's such good TV. At, at this moment, too, I thought this is the unexpected twist. The team with the fast forward gets eliminated. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Up to, up to this. They really had us there for a second. Yeah. So at our family meeting, um, and by the way, I think it was quite entertaining the way that they edited this with the, let's bring in Nancy and Emily and we're all going to sit down and, and what's going to happen. <laughs> so we learned that Joe and Bill are in last place. But as a result of Nancy and Emily not completing the detour, they receive a 24-hour penalty for not doing the detour and i'm going oh my god that is extremely excessive for a penalty i didn't like usually if it's a misreading the clue it's like an hour i feel like for something like that maybe 12 hours maybe because if you look at how close together the teams always are 24 doesn't make sense and i think again this is the rule i mean phil even says he's like according to the rule book that means yes and it's this rule book you know they had to write it for the show but they had to write it with no prior yeah. idea of what would happen. So I think 24 was a bit excessive. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is actually the longest penalty ever given on The Amazing Race. And I looked it up. And nowadays, the, the penalty for skipping a detour is only six hours. 
Um, that seems very reasonable. That seems really good. Which might six hours might have been enough for them to not be eliminated because we really don't know how far behind the Beatles were. Yeah, I I don't know. And I was also reading in an interview that they did from 2001 that they they didn't know that the penalty was going to be long. They didn't they weren't sure what exactly the penalty was going to be. So they probably still had hope at this point. Nancy and Emily. Yeah. So yes, ultimately, this penalty results in the elimination of Nancy and Emily, and Jaws were on the floor. It was an absolute roller coaster of emotions. It was an intense ending, it really was. Yeah, because you think Nancy and Emily are done when they lose the fast forward, and then with the Guidos waiting for so long, you think they're done, and then Nancy and Emily are ultimately the ones eliminated. It was honestly probably one of the best episodes so far. Oh, I think it is, yeah, so far from this season. And I think it's something that, like, a situation that we wouldn't have in The Amazing Race because, like we keep on mentioning so many times, that the teams nowadays don't have so much autonomy where they where they would make a mistake like the Guidos with the bus. There would be a very rigid guidelines of yes. take this mode of transportation to get there. Yeah, and it was, it was a very emotional um, elimination with Nancy and Emily ex- expressing their regret for not doing the detour. But I think ultimately, I mean, one of them says that no one would have expected them to come this far. And they're just proud of themselves that they did, which I think, yeah. again, good attitude. Again, and this speaking in the hindsight for them, like all they had to do was get on the bus and then they would have been completely fine. But they that just didn't even cross their mind that Team Guido would make such a blunder. Advice for the, if you're on the Amazing Race, don't ever give up because you never know what the other teams teams are doing. That only applies to the Amazing Race. Never give up. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's good to give up, I feel. <laughs> so yeah, uh, should we just talk about Nancy and Emily for a little bit here? I think I think they were a really important team for the season. Like they were, they, they were, were rootable underdogs. Like you said, yeah, they didn't expect to get this far. I don't think, I didn't expect them to get this far. No. I mean, even the preview for next week's episode, I don't think it says where they're going, but it seems like a lot of heavily physical tasks and a mm-hmm. lot of intensity. So I think this is kind of now, now that they're out, we, I think we kind of knew it would be these four teams left Yeah. and it's, it's going to be intense. I think it's going to feel very similar to the episodes we watch and, and are used to now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the state, like the stakes are here finally. Cause again, these four teams have been strong consistently and throughout and they're yes. all very good and they're all very clever. So. Yeah. I think I think Nancy and Emily have had the roughest time of any teams. Like they've always been in the back. They've always like they've been struggling the most out of any team. They can't couldn't really ever seem to catch a break throughout the race. So yeah, I think it was only a matter of time before they were eliminated. But yeah, it's very it's very ominous at the end of the episode as well with the music and the there's the final shot of them walking out of the temple. And then the credits roll. Yeah, and get, yeah, the next week. Which I'm thinking is a non-elimination, right? Because we're at two out of three. They have one more, right? Yeah, which is ridiculous. But... Yeah, I think it only makes sense that next week there'd be non-elimination. Yeah. Unless they really want to throw a curveball and do a non-elimination with the final three. But I don't think that's good TV. What do you mean? So like the the final leg is not actually the final leg? <laughs> you imagine if they did that? Like the, yeah, like the someone thinks they win won. and then like psych. It's like, this is non-elimination and you have to do one more. That would be, that would be, that so would be horrible. Cool. See, I think that is it for us. It was a great episode. There was an unexpected twist as the, the there was indeed. title suggested. And we're looking forward to episode 10. Yeah. Again, you can always 
send us a DM on Instagram at Amazing Race Rewind. You can always email us. I know my my dad asked for a shout out, and I said, well, you're gonna have to email. So Adam, uh, or sorry, Amazing Race Rewind at gmail.com and you can get a shout out, or ask a question, or just talk to us. Did he email us? I don't think he did. No, he didn't yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, no shout out for you then. <laughs> um. <laughs> No shout out till that email is in our inbox. But once it is, we will happily, happily answer your questions, comments, anything. Yeah. And also, I'll be posting highlight clips of every uh, episode of The Amazing Race that we're talking about on the Instagram page. So at Amazing Race Rewind. Yeah. Go thank check you it out. So much for tuning in this week. And that's it for us. Bye. <laughs>